Chapter 18 I found out very late that first night why the Yurk was so confident. Rachel was keeping guard. Tobias was nearby in a tree. They had brought food, some sandwiches and some juice which I had eaten. Then, as Rachel sat nearby, reading a book by the light of a flashlight, the Yurk pretended to sleep. I guess, in a way, I actually did sleep. I was mentally exhausted. I was weary and depressed, more tired than I have ever been in my life, and yet afraid that if I dreamed, the Yurk would watch my dreams. My fear was justified. I did dream, the same dream I'd had before. I was the tiger. Tom was my prey. We were in the dark, deep woods, and I was hunting him with all my tiger skill. He was stumbling and noisy and weak. I knew I would take him. At last, too tired to run any further, Tom fell. He waited, helpless, while I gathered the power of my tiger body and prepared to leap. And then, I was no longer the tiger. I was my own prey. I watched through eyes wide with terror as the tiger sprang. I woke up. My eyes were already open. Interesting dream, the yurk said. Very metaphorical. I looked out through the eyes the yurk had opened. Rachel was still sitting back against the wall. Her book was open on her lap, but her breathing was heavy and regular. Her eyes were closed. She had fallen asleep. Her flashlight was still on. It shone across the rough wooden floor. It illuminated my right arm and leg. My arm. My leg. They had changed. My arms were thicker, more powerful, and growing larger still. My hands had swollen and become huge. The fingers were disappearing, replaced by curved claws as sharp as stilettos. Orange and black striped fur appeared, a rippling wave that grew to cover me. I was becoming the tiger. The realization hit me like a jolt of electricity. I was morphing. The yurk was morphing. How could I have been so stupid? Of course. The yurk controlled my hands and feet and voice. He controlled my very mind. Of course he had the morphing power too. The others. They didn't realize. They didn't understand. They had tied me up, but it was useless. The yurk had access to every one of my morphs. The ropes around my hands were painfully tight as my wrists swelled to become powerful forepaws. The yurk raised the rope and used the tiger's teeth to tear the rope apart. I wanted to warn Rachel. She was still asleep. I had to warn her. The yurk would escape. He might even kill her. But try as I might, I could not reach my own body any longer. I could not reach my own body. I won't kill her, the yurk said. Like you, she is capable of morphing. I will deliver Visser Three, four morph-capable humans, as well as one Andalite scum. I now saw the world through the tiger's eyes. The night was brighter, and I heard with the tiger's ears. Ears that caught any sound that might be made by a predator. The tiger sniffed the air, but the breeze was slight and carried no warnings. What a wonderful animal this is, this tiger, the yurk said. Excellent senses, fast and silent and deadly. The forest was dark and quiet, but for the rustling of leaves in the trees above. Absolute silence as the tiger crept away. No sound as the tiger melted into the shadows. And Rachel still slept. Soon, the shack could no longer be seen. The beam of Rachel's flashlight was swallowed by black night. 
but the yerk was uncertain now. He did not know where we were. He did not know which way to go. And then, a sound. A smell. Humans. What are humans doing here? He opened my memory. He searched my brain for an explanation. I had none. Your own thoughts tell me it is wrong. It is very late. Humans, this deep in the forest? The Yurk moved away from the human scent. They might be hunters. They might be park rangers. Those were the possibilities he had pulled from my own brain. The Yurk sent the tiger body into a loping run. But after just ten minutes, the tiger tired and he had to slow down. Tigers are not distance runners. Which way? The Yurk wondered. And then, once again, human scent, human sounds. I looked through the tiger's eyes and saw nothing. The Yurk once more turned from the human scent. The Yurk searched my memory. South. I must go south. But which way is south? Anything else will send me deeper into the forest. I guess you're lost, I said. The first thing I had said to the Yurk in a long time. Shut up, slave. Once the sun rises in the morning, I will know the way to go. Two hours in a morph, I reminded him. If I'm stuck in tiger morph, then this body will be useless to you. Visser 3 will want my body morph capable. Don't tell me what Visser 3 wants, the Yurk said. But the Yurk knew time was passing. He had to morph back to my normal human shape. Moments later, I was watching the world through human senses. The night vision was less acute. The ears heard too little. The human nose could scarcely smell a thing. The Yurk walked, pushing on as fast as my human body could move with no shoes. In a hurry to go nowhere? I asked. I know where I'm going, the Yurk snapped. Then he stopped. Ha! I should have thought of it. Of course. The Falcon Morph. I will simply fly away. I watched it like a TV program. Like I was far away from my own body. I watched with interest as the body shrank. As wings sprouted. As talons appeared. As wham! The half-bird, half-human body went rolling, end over end, across the ground. What? The Yurk demanded. What hit me? He looked around frantically. But falcon eyes are for daytime hunting. They are stunningly good in sunlight. In the dark, they are nothing special. The yurt continued to morph. Falcon feathers grew. The wings became more fully formed. Wham! A shadow within shadows. A sense of something dark that disappeared before the yurt could turn the falcon's head. From far away, I realized the falcon body had been injured. There was a deep, bloody gash in the right shoulder. The yurt was beginning to be afraid. Wham! A hammer blow. A ripping of flesh and tendon. The invisible enemy had struck again. The falcon would not be able to take wing. Not now. The falcon was crippled, disabled by a silent, invisible enemy. And then I felt hope come alive in me again, because even as the yurk, crying in pain, demorphed and returned to human form, I saw the enemy. It landed on a branch. It was outlined against faint moonlight and infrequent stars. The two little tufts on its head inspired its name. The Great Horned Owl, I said to the Yurk. I can read your every thought. You don't need to tell me what it is, the Yurk snapped. Oh, but I enjoy telling you. It's a Great Horned Owl. It flies without making a sound. Tobias watches them hunt sometimes. 
Tobias says they can hear a mouse burp from 100 yards away. He says they can see a bug blink on a coal black night. I laughed, silently in the corner of my own brain. I laughed at the yerk. As far as that owl is concerned, you might as well have a spotlight on you. Then, to my amazement, Cassie's thought speak was in my head. A voiceless voice that seemed to belong in a different life. Sorry I had to hurt you, Jake, but it was necessary. We realized the yerk would try morphing, so we were ready. Rachel only pretended to sleep. We wanted this yerk of yours to make his escape when we were the most ready for him. So you hang in there, Jake. The forest is full of your friends. The humans the tiger had smelled. My friends. Then I felt it again. The sensation that filled me with a grim sort of pleasure. I felt the yerk's fear. It was good to know he was afraid. It was very good. Chapter 19 I could feel the yerk opening my memory like a book again. He was checking through the list of all the morphs I had ever done. Dog, fish, flea, seagull, dolphin, ant, wolf. I knew what he must be thinking. Which could he use to evade the watchful owl in the tree above us? The owl who saw through the night like it was day and heard the sounds no human could hear. She can't stay in morph forever, the yerk said. She has a two-hour time limit, just as I do. But of course, there's Rachel and Marco and Axe. You don't know how many of them there are here. You don't know where they are or what they are. Can the owl watch a flea? I doubt it. Or an ant? The yerk smirked. True, but how far can a flea travel in a two-hour time limit? Twenty yards? Thirty? Then you have to demorph, and my friends will have no trouble finding you. Shut up! He yelled, losing patience. I reveled in his anger. It meant he was scared. It also meant something else. I could not control my arms or legs. I could not even keep my mind closed from him. But he could not stop my thoughts. He could not stop me from talking to him. And I had the power to annoy him. To distract him when he should be focusing on escaping. You think you can harass me? He said, reading my thoughts as soon as I had them. You overestimate yourself. You underestimate us, Yerk. You thought you'd just morph and walk away. You guessed wrong. And your three days is less than two and a half already. Tick-tock, Yerk. Tick-tock. Let's see whether your owl friend can handle a wolf as easily as she handled the falcon. He began morphing. The wolf form was one I had enjoyed. Wolves are not subject to much fear, and their instincts are easily manipulated. Not like ants, or the lizard that was one of my earliest morphs. I watched as my body sprouted gray fur, as my face bulged out to become a long snout, as my ears slid up the side of my head to rest on top. I see our owl friend is keeping her distance, the yurk said. I thought as much. He set out at a fast trot. Unlike tigers, wolves are long-distance travelers. They can cover amazing distances at a run. And worse, the wolf brain seemed to have some interior sense of direction. It knew which way was deeper into the woods, and which way led to the city. We ran through woods, through a night as dark as night can be. Clouds hung low over the forest, allowing only the palest glow from the moon. 
a quick jog back to what passes for civilization on this planet, demorph to human, and your friends will be powerless to stop me, the Yurik said. I wondered who he was trying to convince, me or himself. You're an arrogant bunch, aren't you? You Yurks, I mean. Arrogant? Why wouldn't we be? We are the most powerful race in the galaxy. Overlords of the Taxons. Conquerors of the hork and the Strum and the Mach. Soon to be conquerors of the humans. Don't count the humans just yet, I said. And there are still the Andalites. We'll save the Andalites for last, he hissed. He stopped moving and pricked up his wolf ears. There came a distant howling sound. Loud and not very far away. It rose and warbled and rose again before dying away. A second wolf voice howled. Another wolf. Two, the Yurik said. I felt him contact the wolf's own submerged instinctive mind. What was the meaning of the howling? A notice. A warning to any other wolves that we are here. Don't come around unless you want to risk a fight. Suddenly, I realized what it meant. I laughed. This is an area we were in before, I said. As wolves, we discovered... Silence! I know what you found. When will you figure out that I can read your memory as well as you can? We found another pack of wolves. They think this is their territory, I went on and joined the fact that I was bothering him. Those howls you hear? Those are my friends. They're calling to the other wolf pack. Better run faster, Yurk. That big male who runs the other pack is tough. The Yurk began running all out, pushing the wolf body for all the speed and endurance it had. The dark tree trunks were a blur as we ran through the night, followed by the howls of wolves who were not wolves. Then, a smell on the wind. The smell of another wolf. A male wolf. I believe that's my old friend now, I said laughing. The Yurk stopped running. Ahead, through the trees, a pair of glittering yellow eyes glared at us. Other eyes appeared. Five wolves. Five real wolves waited for us to try to move forward. Go ahead, I taunted the Yurk. Go kick his butt. Of course, that's a real wolf there. An alpha male, leader of his pack, which means he's probably been in dozens of fights and won them all. Go on, Yurk. Tell him how the Yurks are masters of the galaxy. I'm sure he'll be very impressed. I could sense the Yurk's hesitation, his uncertainty. So many species on this planet, he said to himself. So many balances and connections. Everything preying on everything else. Every power is checked by some other power. Every advantage is cancelled by some disadvantage. Yeah, Earth. It's a tough neighborhood. When we take this planet, we will eliminate these species. We will simplify. Things should be simpler. Yes, much simpler. I have a newsflash for you, Yurk. I don't think you're going to take this planet. I think this planet is going to take you. Just then, a human voice. So, you about done playing games? Ready to come back to the shack? It was Marco. He was shoeless and wearing his morphing outfit. He had been one of the wolves who had led us straight into the enemy pack. Marco shivered. Look, Mr. Yurk, it's cold and I'm freezing. 
I always knew this situation with the morphing outfits was going to be trouble someday. So come on, let's go back to the shack. For a moment, the Yurk was so enraged, he was ready to leap at Marco and tear out his throat. But then, lumbering up behind Marco, came Rachel. The very large version of Rachel, with the trunk, the big leathery ears, and the two huge tusks. Marco seemed to guess what had gone through the Yurk's mind. Go ahead. Try something. A wolf pack ahead, a very large, surprisingly fast African elephant behind you, and more surprises in the woods all around you. Oh, and one more thing. Cassie is nestled down in your fur, sucking your blood, I imagine. She did the flea thing. I realized then that there is a very basic difference between Yurks and humans. A human will fight even when he knows he can't win. Maybe your species is just a little crazy. But human history is full of cases where a handful of guys would fight an entire army. They'd get stomped, but they'd fight anyway. That's not the way it is for Yurks. They're ruthless. They will do anything, absolutely anything, to win. But when the situation is impossible, totally impossible, they stop fighting. They figure that other Yurks will carry on the fight for them. Different ways of looking at your world. You are fools! The Yurk said, having read my thoughts. It is madness to fight when you cannot win. Yes, it is foolish. It is crazy, I agreed. And it's why we will win. The Yurk demorphed and returned to human form. My human form. Marco walked away into the woods. Rachel rumbled off. And a few minutes later, an owl appeared to lead the way back to the shack. Hey, Phanomorphs! Thanks for listening to another episode of Audiomorphs, the Animorphs auditory experience. It's your host, Daniel. We're almost done with this book. Uh, very close now, so that's exciting. The only other thing I have to share with you guys is I finally got a review on iTunes. So thank you, John, on iTunes for giving me that five-star review. Mwah! So good. He writes, This is a great reading of the Animorphs series. Animorphs really needed an audiobook reading, and Daniel does a great job. Sorry, does a really good job. The sound quality is improving, and the latest are hugely improved. The last ones are really perfect. More people need to listen to this. Great stuff. Thank you so much, John. Your support means the world to me. No, but really, thank you so much for leaving a review and for enjoying the stuff that I'm doing. And I would also like to give a shout out to Yeti Microphones, because that is the reason my sound quality has ticked upward uh, so much in these last few episodes, chapters, books, however you want to measure it. Uh, it's, it's a much better microphone. And as soon as I figured out my levels, it, it really works. So, you know, if you're looking to buy a microphone, I guess, to record, get, get a Yeti. Based on my very brief uh, online research, it's one of the best uh, about $100 low-end recording microphones you can get. And that was my unpaid plug for Yeti. Why did I Yeti get at me and pay me next time? Jeez. Anyway, if you liked what you heard, you can hear more at audiomorphs.podbean.com or audiomorphs on iTunes. And you can be like John and give me a review and a rating. 
and a subscribe. Be like John, he seems like a great guy. If you want to reach me, you can do that at audiomorphscast at gmail.com or audiomorphscast.tumblr.com. And if you do follow me on that Tumblr, I would like to deeply apologize for how bad I am at uploading episodes there. You should also subscribe to this show in some other form. Anyway, uh, that's all I got this week, so I will see you all next week for the conclusion, I think, actually. My name is Daniel, and I believe one day the Andalites will come. Until then, we fight. <laughs>